I'm Sarah Lippman. Welcome to Torati Mechanach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. Today, we will be learning Devre Hayamim, Chronicles, Volume 1, Chapter 19. Chapter 19 continues where Chapter 18 left off, telling us about David's wars with the surrounding nations. Verses 1 and 2. It was after that that Nachash, king of Ammon, died, and his son became king in his place. And David said, I will do a kindness for Hanun, son of Nachash, for his father did kindness for me. And David sent messengers to extend consolation for the loss of his father. And the servants of David came to the land of Ammon to Hanun to comfort him. What kindness did King Nachash of Ammon do for David? According to Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, when the king of Moab slaughtered all of David's immediate family as they were sheltering with him, one brother managed to escape and sought refuge from Nachash of Ammon. In many languages, there's a saying to the effect that if you give someone a hand, they'll take the whole arm. There are some people, say Chazal in Breshis Rabbah, who are like that, the nation Ammon being the classic example. The Torah advises against even repaying a kindness to Ammon, which is the most basic decency, warning that one who does so is permitted, but will end up hurt and humiliated. And indeed, this is what happened to David. Verses 3, 4, and 5. The officers of Abon said to Hanun, Does it look to you as though David is honoring your father by sending people to console you? Surely his servants came to you in order to investigate, to scrutinize, and reconnoiter the land. And so Hanun took David's servants, and he shaved them, and he cut off their garments halfway to the mifsa'ah, the hip joint, and he sent them away. And they went and they reported to David about the men, and he sent to meet them, for the men were extremely humiliated. And the king said, Remain in Yericho until your beards grow back, then you will return. Mitsudos defines mifsa'ah as the stepping joint where the legs join the torso. Bachetzi, Hanun cut off the bottom half of their clothes. He sent them away with half the length of their clothing gone. They felt completely exposed and mortified. Malbim quotes a Barbanel for an understanding as to what message did Hanun intend to communicate by cutting off half their beards, cutting off their clothing halfway. Hanun was signaling, your messengers are only half sincere. Yes, you wanted to repay my father's kindness to you, but you also had an ulterior motive. You wanted to spy on me. So half, I'll cut off half the beard, half the clothing. On the one hand, exposing and humiliating and treating without decency. On the other hand, accepting the good. Minchas Arev elaborates, We find that the Torah uses the term nakedness or bareness with regard to espionage, as in laying bare the secrets, finding out what's meant to stay private. And therefore, when Hanun's officers told him that David's representatives had come to spy on the land and maybe even to start a coup to overthrow the government, Hanun cut their clothing in half to reveal that which they would not want public, as if to say that he was revealing the truth that they had plotted seeing the covered aspects of the land of Ammon, and he cut off half their beard to make them look absurd. Some people wear beards. Some people don't wear beards. No one wears half a beard intentionally. They will be humiliated wherever they go. Verses 6 and 7. And the Ammonim realized that they had made themselves stink to David. In other words, they made themselves odious or offensive. 
And so Hanun and the people of Ammon sent a thousand talents of silver to hire for themselves chariots and cavalry from Aram Naharaim and Aram Macha and from Tzova. And they hired for themselves 32,000 chariots and the king of Macha and his people. And they came and encamped before Medva. And the Ammonites gathered from their cities and came to do battle. Verses 8 through 12. When David heard, he sent out Yoav and his whole army of mighty warriors. You will recall that we spoke about these Giborim, these warriors, back in chapter 11. What characterizes the Giborim, the warriors or champions of David's, is their strength of spirit. They're heroes of Torah as much as of battle. They're focused, courageous, and mission-driven. And the people of Ammon went out and deployed for battle at the city gates, while the kings and their mercenaries who had come stayed out in the field. And Yoav saw that the battlefronts were pressing both front and behind. So he selected among the young men of Yisrael, and he deployed to face Aram. The rest of the people he put under the command of his brother Avshai, and they deployed to face Ammon. And Yoav said, If Aram, the mercenaries, become too powerful for me, you will come to my rescue. And if Ammon becomes too strong for you, I will come to rescue you. We will fight knowing that you have my back and I'll have your back. Verse 13. Chazak veniz chazka. Be strong and we will be strong. Ba'aramenu uv'ara'reyelokenu. For the sake of our people, for the sake of God's cities. Vahashem hatov be'inav ya'aseh. And God will do what he sees as good. Verses 14 through 19. And then Yoav and the people with him approached Aram to battle, and Aram fled before him. And the Ammonim saw that Aram had fled, so they too fled before his brother Avshai and entered the city. And Yoav came to Yerushalayim. Aram saw that they had been beaten by Yisrael, so they sent messengers and brought out the army from Aram across the river. At their head was Shofach, the general of Hadadezer's army. This was reported to David, and he mobilized all of Israel and crossed the Jordan, and he came and maneuvered toward them. David deployed for battle against Aram, and they fought with him. And Aram fled before Israel, and David slew 7,000 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers of Aram, and he put Shofach the general to death. And the servants of Hadadezer saw that they had been beaten by Israel, and they made a peace with David and served him. And from then on, Aram was no longer willing to come to Ammon's rescue. Chazak v'niz chazka. Be strong and we will be strong, says Yoav in verse 13. The word chazak means not just strength, but grabbing hold with strength, with courage, holding, securing, fastening, thus being strong, secure, and steadfast. Tanu Rabbanan, our sages teach in Brachos. Arba'at rikhin chizuk. Four things require chizuk. Ve'eluhein, and these are they. Torah umasim tovim, tefillah v'derech eretz. The first two are learning Torah and maizim tovim, doing good deeds. This is learned from a verse in the book of Yoshua. The third is tefillah, prayer, learned from a verse in the book of Tehillim. And the fourth is derech eretz, which is learned from this verse right here in Devar Hayamim. Chazak v'niz chazka be'ad amenu. Be strong, and we will be strong on behalf of our nation. What does the Gemara mean by saying that these are four areas of life that require chizuk, something to do with strength? Rashi explains, 
that a person should hold fast, hold tightly to these four things constantly with all his might. And what is this derecheretz, the fourth thing that requires holding on to with all of our strength? Rashi explains, derecheretz im umanhu leumnuso, im socherhu lishoraso, im ishmochamahu lemochemto. Derecheretz means that you need to hold tight if you are a craftsman to your craft, if you are a tradesman to your business, if you are a soldier in battle to your battle. So Rashi defines Derech Eretz, the way of the land, as the way that we do business and interact within the land, within the earthly life, whether it's through craft, through business, through battle. But why does the very necessary and even enjoyable Derech Eretz require hanging on to it with all of our might? And in what way is it that Yoav and Avshai's battle here in Devri Hayamim is considered Derech Eretz, not just Derech Eretz, it's the epitome, the model of Derech Eretz that the Gemara cites. In Bereshish chapter 3, the Torah tells us that Adam and Chava were sent out of Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, and God stationed the Kruvim with the flame of an ever-turning sword to guard the Derech, the way to the Tree of Life. Says Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch, God distanced Adam and Chava from himself, but he set up the kruvim and the sword to preserve for humanity the way back to the tree of life. According to Chazal and Tana Devei Eliyahu and Vayikor Rabbah, this way, this derech that leads to the tree of life is called derech eretz, the way of culture, social wisdom, which educates, trains us to morality in our social life. The Derech Eretz, learning how to behave appropriately, decently, with manners that demonstrate consideration for the needs and feelings of others. This Derech Eretz, where social culture is subordinate to morality, that's a path and a process that prepares people to be able to return to God. It prepares us to be able to learn Torah. For the whole of mankind, progress in Derech Eretz comes before Torah, the Derech Eretz leads to readiness for Torah. For the Jewish nation, Derech Eretz and Torah are intertwined. So to the extent that societal norms and culture lead one closer to an understanding of truth and cultivation of goodness, that is well and good. Hence, a Jew should value what is good and true in culture, and by his personal appearance and demeanor, demonstrate that to be a Jew means to live on a higher plane. Imein Derech Eretz, ein Torah. Without their hearts, there is no Torah. On the other hand, where culture serves not morality, but sensuality, the result is increased corruption. When manners, norms, music, style of dress, work ethics do not lead to Torah, but rather seek to replace it or tear it down, then that derech isn't leading to the tree of life at all. It's leading in the other direction. Imein Torah, ein derech If it isn't heading towards Torah, it isn't Derech Eretz. The Gemara in Bracho says, Ve'en Etzchayim Ela Torah. The tree of life is none other than Torah. As the verse says, Etzchayim Hila Machazikim Ba. The tree of life is Torah. And Derech Eretz, the way in which we navigate the world, is our path to it. I want to turn back to Yoav's words. Chazak v'niz chazka. Be strong and we will be strong. 
on behalf of our people and on behalf of God's cities. Hashem hatov and Hashem will do what is good in his eyes. Mitzudos David explains Yoav's charge to Avshai. Be strong, and we will be strong, on behalf of our nation, on behalf of the cities of God. And if, with all of our efforts, we are unsuccessful, we know that God is doing what is good in His eyes, and we will accept it with love. If I am God's tool, God is by my side always. Even if I am unsuccessful, apparently, I may have done right, I may be doing right. We need to hold fast to doing God's work, fighting God's battles. We do it because it's what's right. We don't define our success by the outcome of the battle. We define success by the quality and wholeheartedness of our choices. We hold fast to Derech Eretz. Yoav and Avshai were in a terrible position. The Ammonim were in the city on one side. There were tens of thousands of hired mercenaries on the other side, how does one find the courage to keep on going against all odds? You've got to remember what you're fighting for. Ba'ad amenu, we're fighting for our people. Uva'ad areyalokenu, we're fighting for God's cities. That is a battle worth fighting, regardless of the outcome. Even if no one will ever know, it's what makes Yoav and Avshai real giborim, real heroes. This does sometimes require holding on very, very tightly, hanging on by our fingernails, our toenails, to life and what makes life worth living. And if with all of our strength we are not successful, we will know that God has done the higher good. We will accept that with love. We can be heroes too. The tree of life, life, requires chizok. We got to hang on to it. It's worth it. Life is worth living for. In order to bring these ideas together, I'd like to share with you some thoughts from Rav Shimon Schwab of Blessed Memory, from his 1966 publication, Elu Elu, These and These, in which he analyzes formally two understandings of the Torah's ideal for our lives. He calls these two ideals Torah only and Torah im derech eretz, Torah with derech eretz. I won't try to summarize the work here, but I do encourage you to read it yourself. It's an illuminating and uplifting study of finding clear mission and clarity of life in Torah. Rav Schwab writes, The genuine Hersheyan concept of Torah im derech eretz, like all timeless ideas, will outlive us. It will survive our children and our children's children but it must be embraced as an imperative challenge to approximate the maximum, not as a lame excuse for a lukewarm minimum. Torah im derech Eretz is the clarion call to take the Torah out into the world in order to sanctify the divine name on earth by whatever we do amongst men. The motto does not have its accent on the last word, but on the first. It is Torah, underscored for double emphasis, with derech Eretz. Your leitmotif is neither Torah and Derech Eretz, the two are not equal partners, nor must it be twisted around into Derech Eretz plus Torah, i.e. worldliness, wearing some kind of symbolic yarmulke. It is Torah im Derech Eretz. It means God's Torah in its totality, utilizing Derech Eretz as the means to bring about the Torah's full realization. 
It means Torah as the divine nourishment and human derecharetz as the aromatic ingredient to bring out the Torah's intrinsic flavor to its most perfect bloom. It means the Torah's conquest of life, not the Torah's flight from life. It means the Torah casting a light into the darkness rather than hiding from the darkness. It means to apply Torah to the earth, not to divorce it from the earth. It also means to instigate the historic return to the fold of our lost Jewish majority. In this respect, the horizon of your influence is beyond measure. The Torah im Derech Eretz school must strive to rear a generation of men and women who will stand ready to sanctify God's name, no matter which mundane activities they are engaged in, whether toiling in the vineyards of divine scholarship or in the courtyards of earthly endeavors, all of their actions must clearly bear the imprint of the Torah, its letter as well as its spirit. All Torah-conscious Jews work for the same goal. There are various methods and various avenues of approach. They all lead up to the ultimate end. Yiskadal v'yiskadash shemei rabah. May God's great name be amplified and sanctified. Chazak v'nizchazka. Be strong and we will be strong. Thank you for learning together with me. Le'ilui nishmas Rose Foreman, Rezo Rachel Bas Arye Leib, and Rachel Zeitlin.